Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Best You Can Be podcast, a leadership podcast designed to equip you to influence others to your very fullest potential. I'm so excited today to be joined by my favorite guest ever, my husband, Drew, because we are celebrating our one-year anniversary of the podcast, and I am so excited about that. So I'm looking forward to the questions he's going to ask, and let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast, where we offer bite-sized lessons and steps that you can implement as a part of your journey towards becoming the very best that you can be. This is your podcast host, Brigitte Bornstein, and just so you know, for planning purposes, we release a new episode the first and third Tuesday of every month with some amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining me for today's discussion. I hope you'll return my handshake to you. You can do that through becoming a part of this community on Instagram, my website, bestyoucanbe.com, or by subscribing and leaving helpful comments. Well, thanks, Brigitte, so much for having me on the show. I'm a huge <laughs> fan and uh, very excited to be interviewing you here today. Thanks for coming upstairs. <laughs> Um, actually, before you ask the first question, I do just want to say a big thank you for everybody listening. Drew has been the most supportive. I've had a lot of support, actually, with this podcast from friends and family, lots of encouragement, but Drew has by far been the most encouraging. I have run the vast majority of these episodes by him before recording them. I'll go to him with the ideas, like, what do you think about this title? And what do you think about this topic? How would you tie this together? And he's always pointing me towards new research and new books to read and all sorts of things like that. So I am super thankful for his support, not just in the podcast, obviously in a ton of other things. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so with that, I guess we can go ahead and kick off with the uh, first question. Why did you start the Best You Can Be podcast? So I started the podcast because I saw a niche going unfulfilled for women's leadership. It was a, a, a series of events leading up to a little light bulb moment that made me realize, wait a second, there actually is not a lot of leadership development specifically for women from a certain voice. There is a ton of professional development, of course, personal development books, personal development podcasts, just all sorts of stuff like that. When I started looking and getting curious, there was nothing quite like this podcast, which still makes me kind of a little giddy and excited. Um, we're totally leading the way, you guys. But it goes back to college. So Drew and I for those of you who don't know, we went to the same school. We both went to the Virginia Military Institute. And I remember having my very first class on leadership, you know, like in a classroom setting, learning about different leadership styles and different leadership traits. And I thought that was interesting. And I got to sort of dive into all of that. But then What's also unique is we were given a lot more opportunities than maybe some other colleges to put into practice what we were learning in the classroom about leadership. You have a lot 
of just leadership opportunities and responsibilities you can take advantage of. And so I felt like I, the way I describe it is I felt like I was on a leadership playground my freshman through senior year of college. And so I started learning in this leadership class, applying to the different roles that I had um, all four different years. They were all really different and learning more about how I was as a leader. And I guess, yeah, long story short, I started the journey there. I started to experiment and play around with how I wanted to develop as a leader. And I came to find that it was a little bit different than the vast majority of things that I was reading and the emphasis that was being placed on, you know, like the cool leader being like the super aggressive and and decisive person. And I just thought, okay, that is not me. I am not decisive at all. Um, I would describe myself in ways more like nurturing and really bubbly personality and things that I just didn't necessarily see being propped up, but things that I also saw being equally, if not more, sometimes effective. So that's where I saw this power behind women's leadership. And then I saw a gap where it wasn't really being taught. It wasn't being encouraged as much in this style of breaking down different concepts and seeing how we can apply them as women today. Yeah, I think that that's a good observation. I think one of the biggest buzzwords right now in the leadership research community is empathy and I think women probably on average or or generally speaking are much better than uh, we men are at uh, empathy and specifically uh, understanding where someone else is coming from so um, I think that that fits nicely into to what you're saying right there and that I think on both sides of the aisle uh, you can find traits and qualities that are are probably applicable to becoming a better leader. So I agree. Uh, I guess that leads into the next question. You, you designed this podcast specifically for women, like we just talked about. What in your mind makes the distinction um, between men's and women's leadership? Why even make the distinction? So you're definitely right. There is a distinction. Otherwise, like you said, I would not have made a women's leadership podcast. But I don't think that the differences are super extreme or dramatic either. I think a lot of our leadership style, and everybody's leadership style is different, of course, but I think a lot of our leadership styles depend on what we are good at. So for example, if someone is really good at public speaking, that's going to mean something, or if they're really good at management or inspiring others. So I think a lot of leadership styles depend on what we're good at and also what we're bad at, or maybe uh, what our weaknesses are, what we're insecure about. And men and women tend to have different strengths that can then dictate those slightly different, you know, or maybe the, the nuanced differences in leadership skills and leadership approaches and styles. And um, so I guess, for example, women are generally and research supports this as well, naturally better at things like being relational or like what you said, being empathetic. And empathy is just the ability to put yourselves almost literally into the shoes of another person and really relate to their their experience. I think women generally are much better at that than men are. They're also really good at providing emotional support to people who really need it, actively listening, nurturing friendships, 
And, you know, of course, that's not to say that men can't do those things too, but uh, the distinction is just that women are more naturally programmed to be better at that, like almost as if it comes a little effortlessly. And then with different weaknesses, I'll just pick on myself. If you just take us as an example, right, if we are getting ready for something, you don't even look at the mirror. You just head out the door and you're good to go. I'll look at the mirror and insecurities. So I might have to tailor my leadership development to be a little bit more of some of those insecurities about like, my hair is frizzy. I don't know. But I might have to tailor my leadership development to be more aware of my insecurities that might tend to be a little bit more commonly found among other women than you have. And then vice versa. You have different weaknesses that I I don't struggle with. So I think that's kind of the main difference. But I don't know. Do you have anything else (laughs) that you want to add? Well, yeah, I think... Ultimately, it comes down to an individual's predisposition, what they're Mm -hmm. born with, what sort of attributes they have, and that doesn't necessarily preclude men from being empathetic or or women from being aggressive. I know many very successful leaders who are women and are aggressive or, or, or men and are empathetic or nurturing, and that's not really the point here. But yeah, it sounds like basically highlighting the qualities with which you're born and using those um, and then developing other qualities with which you may not have been born and finding ways to improve in the way that you interact with others and and lead so that was a good answer maybe you should start a a leadership podcast i think i'll pass This this is good enough um can i just add one more thing to the distinction between men's and women's leadership is also just going back to the reason why I started the podcast in the first place, right? Like just seeing an area that needed to be poured into, needed some encouragement, wasn't getting it. Um, And I think it always helps to be able to learn from someone that you can relate to. And so I feel like for me, I've enjoyed learning leadership and being mentored by women, you know, for normal reasons. And that's a lot of where I see the distinction as well in, in the reason behind me wanting to step into that space, add some encouragement to other women who are, who are just seeking to develop as women and leaders. That's really good. It's good to be able to hear from somebody, you know, who, who you look up to. And, you know, that's uh, the more voices, the better. Uh, okay, so switching gears a little bit. This is uh, marking a full year of making episodes. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit of how you think the podcast is going so far? What what sort of feedback have you gotten? Where would you like to go? Um, you know, let them know what you're thinking. I love it. I think it is so much fun. I've learned a ton. I've gotten really positive feedback, actually, that I'm super thankful for just from friends who are Uh, and family who are listening to episodes, cheering me on, leaving reviews. And as far as future, I have done a lot of daydreaming, I guess. And I have really high hopes for it, uh, for this podcast becoming a community. And for listeners beginning to, you know, I think that with enough consistency and application and engagement and excitement and enthusiasm we can all begin to see results. We can all begin to see better, 
fluidity with which we can sort of pour into other people and increased confidence in how we're able to get up and speak about something. And maybe that was something that just scared us half to death before. So that's my hope. Um, But I definitely think there's, you know, community is really, really powerful. So that's kind of the next step that I want to take it to is not just growing the podcast and adding more episodes, but also bringing in people who want to really get involved and kind of support one another. Yeah. What sort of vision do you have for that community? I don't have one. I want the community. I don't have the vision for it. Although I do think, you know, I mean, social media helps. I always find it really helpful and fun when I comment on something like of somebody else's and I say, oh my gosh, I loved this. And then I see somebody else. Oh my gosh, I love this too. Then I can connect with that person because we both loved the same cookie recipe. I don't know. Um, so I think social media helps. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thus far, you've produced 27 episodes. This is episode 28, and you've had seven special guests. I guess, which of the episodes that you've recorded so far have been your favorite? And and also, uh, have you had any favorite guest other than yours truly? <laughs> um, hmm, I think my favorite episode to make was actually the one on chronic pain, how to thrive and inspire when it hurts. I think that one was really powerful for two reasons. One, I got so much feedback on that one from friends that I didn't even know were really looking for some encouragement as they were walking through chronic pain. And chronic pain can look like all sorts of things. You know, if you listen to the episode, you heard my personal story, which is more with like physical chronic pain. But there's emotional chronic pain. There's mental. I mean, there's all sorts of different things. Um, And I would even put like chronic stress, anxiety under that same category. So how do we as leaders not only lead ourselves through whatever chronic issue it is we're dealing with to still be able to show up, still be able to pour into other people? Not only that, but also how can we reach out to the people and encourage those in our lives who are dealing with that? So if you have the friend who just got a terrible diagnosis or something just really difficult and heavy, how can you show up for them? Or maybe they're a, maybe a coworker or maybe someone that you have class with. How can you support them in little ways that honestly I believe are very, very unique to people walking through issues of chronic pain? So that was definitely my favorite episode. I, I loved it for the feedback I got. I loved it for it just being very personal to me because the, the leg issues I've had have been a huge chunk of my life. So it was really fun to do some reflecting and put that together. But favorite guests. Yes, I would put you at the top of my list because this has been a, a blast. And I laughed so much before starting to actually record this. Um, but I think my two favorite uh, guests, I've loved all of them. They've all had just incredible wisdom uh, and little nuggets to leave us with. But I really loved Rebecca Bender and Dr. Tanda Cook for different reasons. I loved interviewing Rebecca Bender because, if, and again, for both of these, if you haven't listened to them, go back and do it. Rebecca's story is one of the most compelling stories of resiliency and faith that I honestly have ever heard. And I'm not just talking about episodes, guests, I'm talking about stories ever that I have heard. And 
she's also really personable. I mean, I just got on Zoom with her to interview her and we were just chatting and we probably could have kept chatting, but we needed to record the interview. Um, and so we just clicked immediately. I really just appreciated her open personality. It made it a really fun interview to do. I also loved Dr. Tanda Cook because yes, I love leadership. I also love talking about nutrition <laughs> and I love helping friends explore ways for all of us to just feel our best. A lot of that is personal experience. I've noticed leaps and bounds in my my energy, my day-to-day mood, my health, and things like that from fueling my body the right way. And I know that, you know, feelings are not a solid foundation, uh, but I do believe there's a huge tie between how we feel and how we show up for the world and how confident we are. And Dr. Cook, she just she gave tangible steps for us to take to improve that you could do like now, you know, not, not having to go buy something, not having to do something super dramatic. She gave us really impactful baby steps to take. And she also just broke things down, broke complex things down into a way that made sense and really stuck with us because she is just really good at explaining things like that. So those are my two favorites. Sorry, three favorites. You're the, you're the first favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the Rebecca Bender episode was pretty inspiring. She is clearly someone uh, made of steel. She has mm-hmm. exhibited quite the the amount of grit, and she's gone through a lot. And so I think I thought that that was very inspiring. And and obviously Dr. Cook's episode was really cool too. Um, she sort of embodies uh, really what what your podcast is all about, and that's using you know combining leadership and wellness and kind of creating a one holistic package yes Um, so i thought that that was those were appropriate those are both really good episodes i think holistic is the that's a good word for for her approach yeah looking forward into the next year who are two or three guests that you'd like to have on the podcast coming up let the listeners know well i i have a running list of a lot of different people and i actually put a lot of thought into these um For the first person, I'll just say a few people. I have a running list of Olympic athletes that I really admire for good character, for excellent leadership on a very pressure-filled public platform. So running list of those, too many to, to give names. I would also love to have Danielle Walker on at some point. She is one of my favorite cooks. I have her, her cookbooks and she says that she finds health and hope through lifestyle and diet. And I really, really uh, identified with that. I think she takes a great approach to making cooking fun, but also healthy and also simple. And I think that um, it's not just about cooking for her, but it is about a little bit like Dr. Cook, taking a holistic approach to life, right? We all have to cook, we all have to eat. And it's also a big part of a lot of fellowship community gatherings is food. And I think that's a, a lot of leadership comes into play in that. And I don't have the next guest written down or even invited yet, but I will probably let you know when I do. Hopefully. Uh, shifting gears a little bit more, uh, I know that you were an international relations major in college. Uh, you probably didn't receive much training when it came to podcasts or computers <laughs> or communication. Oh my gosh, none. Or anything like that. Um, so what has creating your own podcast taught you so far? What are the, the biggest takeaways that you have and any advice that you have for anybody that's 
interested in doing something similar or along these lines? It's actually a really good question. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, you're right. Oh my goodness. I'm not a computer person. I'm not a like anything techie person, but it's taught me, doing a podcast has taught me how to do a podcast. So I have honestly had a blast with it. I think it's so fun to edit the sound. I think it's so cool how software can, you know, if I'm recording something and a super loud truck goes by, I can get rid of the loud truck noise. I think that is so cool. So it's been fun to learn the ins and outs of editing and what makes a good recording, what makes, you know, a room suitable for good sound quality. I think I've also learned a lot about public speaking in the most humbling way. (laughs) I think it's uh, made me keenly aware of what I am not good at and in the best way, right? Because I I mean, I want to, I want to grow in that area just as much as anybody else. And then I think I've learned a lot. I mean, this should go without saying, but I've learned a lot about leadership because every single episode has a lot of thought and intentionality behind it and a lot of research on my part and I enjoy learning about leadership. So every single episode topic, I now am like a mini expert on. So that's been, that's been a blast. Yeah, I think when, whenever you have to teach somebody else something, it forces you to learn the material way, way, way more in depth than mm-hmm. if you were just trying to regurgitate it. So yeah, I, I see the, the amount of research you do and I know that it's certainly had an impact on the way that you see things and the way that you think. Oh, it's super fun. I think too, though, also it's it's actually taught me that you don't have to know anything about something to be able to do it because I was so far away from knowing how to edit podcasts, but I watched a ton of videos for a really, really long time. I practiced, I messed up. I mean, yeah, I just sort of like failed forward, but that's been really encouraging to me knowing that the next opportunity that I'm like, oh, I want to do that. But I have absolutely no clue how I can do it. And, you know, we all can. It just takes a little bit of time maybe to learn how. Yeah, and I'm sure listening to yourself over and over and over again as you edit the podcast has been... So awkward. Pretty, yeah, pretty enlightening in terms of what... <laughs> the way that you say things and how you say them. and Yeah. like Filler how... words that you have and things like that. Yep, filler words. I use a lot of the same words over and over again and... It's one of the reasons why I won't let you listen to any of my episodes when I am in the same room because I don't like hearing the sound of my own voice. Moving on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so your slogan for this podcast is inspiring confidence through leadership and wellness. In your mind, how do leadership, in most people's minds, it's going to be difficult to see a connection between leadership and quote unquote wellness Um, in your mind. How do you connect those two? Oh, they're totally connected, I think. I'm biased, but I guess I first connected them because I was trying to put two passions of mine together, so a little bit a little bit selfish there, but I, I am so passionate about leadership, women's leadership. I am so passionate about wellness, nutrition, health, what we put in and on our bodies. I think that's super important, and I just wanted a way to put them together or to marry them, so to speak. But also from my own personal experience, I've felt what it's like to not necessarily like my reflection in the mirror. And that type of feeling does not make you want to put yourself out there. It doesn't make you want to 
step out in faith for that next leadership outreach role. I've been hyper critical about parts about me and given way too much attention to insecurities. And that also doesn't put anybody, not just me, so that doesn't put anybody in a good spot to reach out to other people. So whether it's, you know, it's kind of one of those questions, which came first, the chicken or the egg between wellness and, and, and the confidence that we can get from having high energy and feeling our best wellness and leadership. But when I'm feeling good uh, and when I'm fueling my body in a sustainably holistic, but also really fun and creative way, I'm full of energy and I can just kind of go, go, go and reach out to others and see how they're doing and ask them about them and not feel like I have to unload on people as much. Um, and I can check in on them and show up with positivity. And for me, that has absolutely started a lot, not, not exclusively, but a lot with health and wellness. So that's kind of the tie. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's probably a pretty strong connection between, I guess, mental health or, or brain health and what we tend to think of as nutrition or, or body health. Um, so that's very valid. I think as Deion Sanders said, you look good, you feel good, you play good. So, um, I think when you're feeling your best and you're on your A game, um, personally, then you can, uh, sort of extend, uh, that energy and the feelings that you have out to others and create visions and, and passion that they're willing to devote their lives to. So mm-hmm. there's a very strong strong link between those two. I agree. Um, before we close out, we'll go ahead and move on with a, just a couple of more fun, lighter questions. The first of them being, you know, what, what are three fun facts about you? Tell the listeners about who you are and some interesting, unique things about you. This is always one of the hardest questions to get, I think. Tell us about yourself. What are fun facts? Um, well, my go-to is usually the, that I have a freckle on my lip that people often think is a piece of chocolate because it's like not not off my lip, it's like on my lip. So sometimes people say, hey, Brigitte, you've got a little something. And I'll say, nope, that is there to stay. It's a freckle that I've had since I was really little. I can eat blueberries forever. I never get tired of them. I probably never will. Well, this isn't a surprise to you, but... Lots, lots of blueberries. None of these are surprises to you, but especially not a surprise to you. I'm extremely stubborn. I actually don't think that everybody knows that about me, even people who know me. But I am... I wouldn't even say extremely, because I don't see it necessarily as a good thing. I'm obnoxiously stubborn very, sometimes. Very hard-headed. <laughs> yes. Very hard-headed. Um, 95% of my closet is blue. I just don't buy anything that's not blue. <laughs> any any shade of blue but blue i this is a fun one i have regular zoom dates like dates on zoom with my sister and we do our nails it's really fun we just kind of mm-hmm. catch up paint our nails those are my fun facts That's fun good to know super fun yeah speaking of fun <laughs> what do you like to do for fun well i do love painting my nails with my sister but my most fun i love Running. I love running. You love running. I love running. Um, I also love being outside. I mean, sometimes if I have a day where I'm stuck inside, I just feel like, oh, I just need to go outside. It's like a gravitational pull making me want to go outside. Love running. Love going outside. I love 
making and eating chocolate chip cookies and actually I love experimenting in the kitchen. I prefer to not use recipes. Sometimes that ends in disaster and we need to do some damage control to figure out how to salvage something, but I like to just mm-hmm. kind of experiment in the kitchen with dinners and with like snacks and stuff. Lots of fun in the kitchen for sure. <laughs> lots of chocolate chip cookies. Lots of cookies, lots of experiments, lots of messes. But they're healthy cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, last question. If you had one message for every girl or woman who listens to you, if you could say one thing, what would you tell them? I would tell them they're amazing. Yeah, I really would. I think, well, I'll just, I won't talk to you. You're not a girl or a woman. I would say you are amazing. I really think that. I think your leadership is critical. Being a leader is not necessarily a destination. It's more of a lifelong study. It's a lifelong process. And I think if you commit to being on that journey, you will find ways to flourish as a leader with your gifts, your talents, your experiences that you get to bring to the table and nobody else does. And you're already such a blessing to the people around you, but you can have even more of a positive influence on them by learning how to apply yourself to leadership skills. I say at the end of most episodes that our world needs more leadership and we definitely need yours. And I really mean that. That's really nice. I listen to way too many podcasts, so I'm going to practice my ending of a podcast show here (laughs) thanks so much brigida for coming on the show today Uh, before we let you go why don't you give the listeners a handoff on where they can find you where where can they reach you (laughs) um well they can reach me at on instagram my handle is just best you can be no e just the letter b and my website is exactly the same so it's just best you can be no e again dot com best you can be dot com and i actually get messages through there which is kind of fun That's really cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for letting me be the host of the show today and for coming on as a special guest, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Well, thank you, Drew, for doing this. And just since I literally just mentioned it, our world needs more leadership and we definitely need yours. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining me on the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast. If you are as excited as I am about diving into our potential and stepping into the very best versions of ourselves, then follow me on Instagram at bestyoucanbe and don't be afraid to send me a message. You can also visit bestyoucanbe.com and fill out a contact me form. I can't wait to meet you. In this episode, I've stuck my hand out to introduce myself to you, but go ahead and do the same for me. Tell me who you are, what your story is, and what you would like to see most in lessons to apply to your leadership experiences. Until next episode, keep going, keep growing, and keep becoming the best you can be.